0: This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. I'm your host, Eric Jones. Today, Hao Fan and I talk to Haidang Fan, writer, poet, and professor of English at Ronell. Join us as we hear some of his award-winning poetry and talk about the way memory factors into his work. Welcome to another issue of Southeast Asia Crossroads. I'm your host, Eric Jones, and with me is our good friend, Hal Fun. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Good to be here. Also of NIU, and also our special guest is Haidang Fun, Assistant Professor of English at Grinnell College. Welcome. Thanks for having
1: me. That. Indonesian lunch it was really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. For the listener, we'll be, uh, we're sweating a little. We had an amazing uh, rendang coconut beef authentic Indonesian lunch. Hit the spot
1: and had some heat on there. So if I'm, bre- <laughs> if I'm breathing heavily, it's because of that. Did you get that food in Grinnell? <clears throat> no, not at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, let me, uh, let me uh, introduce our guest. Haidang Fan is a professor at Grinnell College, teaches ethnic American literature, creative writing, and the essay. He's the author of a chapbook, Small Wars, which we can put a link up to. His poems have been published in The New Yorker, Poetry Magazine, Best American Poetry 2016, Jubilat, New England Review, and elsewhere, a recipient of fellowships and scholarships from the Bread Loaf Writers Conference, American Literary Translators Association, and Thomas J. Watson Foundation. He's got an MFA from Florida and Wisconsin, and he's born in Vietnam Raised in Wisconsin and currently lives in Des Moines. So thanks for joining us. And uh, and also another connection is that uh Heidang Von translated uh some of Howe's poetry. Is that right?
2: Yes, that's correct. Yeah.
0: How did you guys meet each other?
2: Uh to uh to a friend, Lin, Lin who translated my poems and Lin um is Dang's friend too, right?
1: Yeah, I think we're friends. We're yeah. still friends. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was through um Lin as uh uh what was it? Char uh Nightfish and Charlie Parker. Uh-huh. Was that first collection? Yeah, that's
2: my yeah, my book, yeah, translated by Lin.
1: Um yeah, so Lin's the the k- sort of connective tissue and he was he's I think he was like, Well there's just two poets that he was really plugged into and advocating and championing. Um I know the one was Hao and the other was uh Miangok Chan. Yeah. Um and I was just kind of clueless of like who's good and interesting. And um, Lynn had spent a few years e- in Saigon. Um, and then you guys met, knew each other from where? I can't remember. Yeah, um,
2: yeah I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I was asked by another journal, a, a Vietnamese journal, to translate. A story written by Lyndon and that's when I started to contact him. That that was a long time ago. In back, I, th- I think in two thousand or two thousand one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Haidang, do you want to start us off with a poem? Sure. This one
1: is called "Watching World War Z." Remember when Dad said he killed zombies for a living? Thanksgiving, we were all downstairs watching World War Z. Brad Pitt was stabbing every undead soul with the kitchen knife he had duct-taped to the end of his shotgun, as he led his family to the tenement rooftop in Newark, where, of course, a helicopter awaited. Outside the trees stood sentry, and winter threatened to launch its first assault on our nights and days, while another city succumbed on the plasma screen, where death was figured as an unwanted rebirth which is when Dad deadpanned the thing about killing zombies at work, and we laughed in the dark, not knowing what a botnet meant. Shortly after, I think, you were the first to go, though you lasted longer than anyone expected, lumbering back upstairs to sleep just before a tidal wave amazed the walls of Jerusalem, disintegrating a million mouths and limbs, aided by computer-generated imagery. Incredible the shapes a crowd can take, pyramid, tentacle, and wave. The world, for the most part, resembled ours. After all, ours is an age of extremity, and zombie sci-fi reflects and allays our worldwide anxiety. Or so Susan Sontag would say, whom I refrained from quoting because I pictured your eyes rolling, there he goes again. You also missed Mom's live commentary on the chaotic scene at the besieged airport. She said it was just like Saigon, April 1975. The smoking runway swarming with bodies. The photogenic escape on the last flight out. It must have happened in ultra-high definition, those final days before they were Mom and Dad. The other family was reunited in Nova Scotia, Svelte in parkas and ready to face the sequel. That was November two thousand thirteen. We were at your house in Madison, celebrating Thanksgiving early that year. There was another war on. You were about to be a mother and slept for a generation.
0: Thanks. So, what's your writing process? How does is this something that uh, you? dedicate time every day to to doing or a muse that hits you and you've got a, a piece or how does it how does it work for you
1: the muse never hits me <laughs> i think i lost the muse in a game art parking lot somewhere years <laughs> and years ago um my process is pretty long and arduous um if i'm lucky it's it's accumulation and attrition it's i accumulate A lot of lines, notes, words in a notebook, and I just sort of, sometimes I just, I'll uh, I'll have a little bit every day, it's sort of like an everyday practice, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm I'm sort of like chasing after this, this poem, and most of the times it's,
0: it's horrible. Is it one poem or a series that kind of stick with you and they, they bug you until you're done, or is it that there are random things that are happening that, that you later assemble? um it's a bit of it's
1: a bit of both there's a bit of intentionality in terms of um a poem idea or a line um that you're trying to write or ride into a a new line or a new sound and th- that line sort of i think can, can sort of uh accumulate or create um these these new lines but sometimes i'll the the best part is when i'm i i often start with i sometimes start with an idea um and then what i want to do is write my write myself out of that idea and into a, a new poem um and so the poem that i think i'm starting with will lead me to an entirely different poem which might lead me to an entirely different poem so to try to surprise myself while I'm writing. Do
2: you revise a lot? Or?
1: I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be part of my sort of need for control mm-hmm. or restraint or the the, the poem is yeah, poem po- Poems like this one space where I feel both the sense of freedom uh where I i think i can sort of think and write through mm-hmm. um my thoughts and feelings um so it's both a space of freedom but also the one space in which it's just me and i'm kind of controlling the words mm-hmm. on the page and if it's um so that's i think
0: really unlike anything else one of the lines in there alluded to uh, i think it was your mother saying that was that was just like saigon um getting evacuated, sort of this, this moment and, and in a lot of your poems the Vietnam is sort of a spectre that, that looms in a lot of your uh a lot of your work a lot of poetry. T- tell us about your your kind of your own personal relationship with Vietnam and with your and with uh parents of of immigrants and yourself being an immigrant and how that how that affects what you write.
1: Sure. Um So as I mentioned over lunch, um, you know, I was born in Vietnam and left, or we escaped by boat. What year
0: was that? We were born nineteen
1: or nineteen eighty, and then we escaped Christmas Eve, nineteen eighty-one. So you know, I wasn't even two, Um, and came to the U.S., resettled in Wisconsin. And pretty much lived a kind of stereotypical <laughs> American childhood, you know. Marching band, Boy Scouts, Main Street, Halloween, like, <laughs> all of it. Looking back, it was actually kind of kind of uh, ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, I was sort of outside of the house, was, you know, English... The Midwest, small town America, but that, that sort of intimate space. Um, Did your parents
0: push a, l- a lot of first-generation parents? They want their kids to only speak English, and they want them to. Re- <clears throat> was that your experience at home a lot? Um,
1: yeah, there wasn't a mandate. There wasn't necessarily a mandate, of, an English-only mandate. But we, I grew up in a culture or a time, I think, in which like bilingualism and multilingualism was less less supported, um, and so my, my my parents, or my dad in particular, um, he felt like we needed to, to learn English and be fluent in English, and even if that was at the cost of um, Vietnamese. He regrets it now. When I go back to <laughs> Vietnam and I sound <laughs> like a four-year-old, <laughs> um, he's like, sorry, <laughs> brought shame on our family. <laughs>
0: you wrote a, an interesting poem about um your dad taking in, uh, an english class or 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 literature class uh a norton anthology um do you mind reading that one sure
1: my father's norton introduction to literature 3rd edition 1981 certain words give him trouble cannibals Puzzles, sob, bosom, martyr, deteriorate, shake, astonishes, vexed, ode. These he looks up and studiously annotates in Vietnamese. Ravish means cupdog. Shits is like when you have to de-e-e. Mourners are those whom we say are full of Bung rao. For even the like precurs of feared events, think. Its thin, translucent pages are webbed with his marginalia, graphite ghosts of a living hand, and the notes often sound just like him. All depend on how look at thing he pencils after I first surmised the horse's heads were toward eternity. His slanted handwriting is generally small, but firm and clear. His pencil is a number two, His preferred highlighter, Arctic Blue. I can see my father trying out the tools of literary analysis. He identifies the turning point of the short and happy life of Francis Macomber, underlines the simile, and both the old man and the child stared ahead as if they were awaiting an apparition. My father, as he reads, continues to notice relevant passages and to register significant reactions but increasingly sorts out his ideas in English, shaking off those Vietnamese glosses. 1981 was the same year we vuk being and came to America, where my father took intro lit for fun, comp sci for job. Stopping by woods on a snowy evening, he murmurs something about the dark side of life, how awful it can be, as I begin to track silence and signal to a cold source. Reading Ransom's Bells for John Whiteside's Daughter, a poem about a young girl's death, as my father notes, how could he not have been vexed at her brown study, lying so primly propped, since he never properly observed, I realize this just now, his own daughter's wake. Leilam Ve is what it means to be astonished. Her name was Domse, ancient winter, but at home she's Bebe, there was such speed in her little body, and such lightness in her footfall. It is no wonder her brown study astonishes us all. In the photo of her that hangs in my parents' house, she is always fourteen months old and staring into the future. In re-education camp, he had to believe she was alive, because my mother on visits took arms against her shadow. Did the memory of those days sweep over him like a leaf storm from the pages of a forgotten autumn? Lost in the margins, I'm reading the way I discourage my students from reading. But this is how we deal with death, his black pen replies. Assume there is a reason for everything, instructs a green asterisk. Then between pages 896-897, opened to Stevens's Sunday Morning, I pick out a newspaper clipping, small as a stamp, an old listing from the 404 Employment Ops State of Minnesota, and read, For current job opportunities, dial 612-297-3180. Answered 24 hours. When I dial, the automated female voice on the other end informs me I've reached a non-working number. In
2: this poem uh it also in the uh, Best American Poetry 2016
1: Yeah, I was lucky to okay. um have it appear in in that
0: as well this year. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Great. Did you read this to your dad? What did what did he think? Um I didn't
1: read it. I, I definitely sent I definitely shared it with him after, you know, it, it helps when it appears. <laughs> right. In a in a in Best a, um, American Poetry. Okay. Um well in poetry but it's sort of like look um or because (laughs) um because i think there's a confusion not confusion but uh you know like if you're writing poems and like throwing your life away making bad decisions (laughs) and uh every once in a while something kind of kind of uh connects with people or feels like you know in my own sense of like something uh, kind of a breakthrough feels like a breakthrough and and obviously that's um something i mean between you and your own work but um sometimes you get you get sort of you sometimes need that outside you know affirmation right um so yeah i sent this to my dad and both my mom and they were I can't remember their response. I think
2: it was like the usual, like not usual, but I think it was like "good job." <laughs> well, I, I should add that um, Dang's father is also a writer uh, in Vietnamese, of course. He just published his uh, novel last year, and I I was invited to write an introduction for his book. So I, I think in general, your your unlike other you know Asian parents who who want their kid to study. To be a doctor, a lawyer. I think your your father is also pretty supportive of you as you know being. Yeah, no, they're 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 both
1: they're very mm. supportive. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: you said you know your dad uh, lit for fun, comp sci for a job. So he obviously, but you, you, if you're studying hard to to do comps, computer science, you're it takes a different person to decide you're going to also take a night class and. In in literature, right? I mean, he he had that, he had those kind of bones to begin with. Yeah, yeah, Um, and that's part of the poem,
1: and part of the sort of encounter with that book uh, was sort of being able to, as a portrait of my father, um, seeing some of that refracted, um, my own sort of relationship to literature, um, and seeing that his own, I guess, desire or need to, you know. um have that connection with with reading and also thinking about i guess wh- wh- all the things that were going on in his life or our lives then um but literature as this sort of equipment um for for living to 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 sort of quote the Kenneth Burke's phrase of how, how literature can sort of help us with give us models for um thinking and feeling.
2: Maybe you can provide a little bit uh, background of this poem about your sister, the reeducation re- re- camp that you mentioned in here, for okay. readers who don't know about. Yeah. this Yeah, um, well, I don't
1: know if so. The poetry has a poetry magazine has a podcast where where it gets into that quite a bit. So I don't know if I don't yeah, know how we could, useful we could, that we could, would we, could, we could link to that as well. Okay. okay, I don't know if how useful it would be like for our. For this podcast, I don't know, but I'd be be happy to talk about it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So, some of the context that I reference in here. Um, So, the poem is partly a a portrait um, of my father, who was... um, a Navy officer for the South Vietnamese Navy. And then after the, after the war, he, um, he was, um, I don't know what the verb would be, placed, thrown, uh, put into what was called re-education camp. Um, and while he was, while he was in re-education camp, um, my, um, my sister um his first my mom and my father's first child um was born and so there's a reference there's a reference to her so that she is the um the child the baby or the infant who di- who who's who who, who dies whose whose death is marked um in a way marked marked in the book and in the marginalia, but it's through the reading of this John crow ransom um, poem about a young girl's death, you know as my father notes, um, in which I am starting to sort of whether uh, I'm sort of reading into his reading right um, and wondering if there was some sort of um conscious sort of act on his part to to read through through this ransom poem about a a baby's a girl a daughter's a girl's death um as a way of reflecting on on his daughters um but so much of this is you know i don't i don't know this is me speculating and imagining and um trying to connect connect dots Mm -hmm. for myself
0: you you uh, y- at lunch you brought up the concept of a uh, second-hand uh memory is the it would disqual? it tells us what that is and then does this disqualify as kind of a second-hand memory
1: yeah so um i like this phrase secondhand memory which i which is taken from wg sable this great german um writer who immigrated to england east anglia and wrote wrote about um sort of the legacy of the Holocaust um, through through other people's stories, through other people's um, memories. And um, I think that's what I, I attempt to do in a lot of my poems, is to um, write about the, that legacy of the war but as a second-generation um, son of of Vietnamese, you know, someone who grew up in America, but also um, all these stories that were really formative um, that were sort of handed, that are handed down to me. And so there's a a reception of that, there's an inheritance of that legacy, but also a kind of critical inheritance too. It's like I'm not going to passively sort of accept and absorb these. And I'm also trying to think, through them critically, and also think about, you know, um, I guess my own life, my own life here. Um, I don't know if that's a good explanation of that or not. But
2: you know, I have to say that um, I haven't met Dang for a while, and he's been pretty productive uh, for the last few years. <laughs> so I, you know, uh, I haven't read most of his uh, poems, although uh, before, um, uh, once in a while, he wrote, uh, he sent me. Uh, the poems that he just uh, he's just uh, reading i always enjoyed it i think they are very uh delicate you know very well reading um i uh what wh- wh- what about the the poem the uh, to a score that uh, that you dedicate to after Jalen Vinh? i mean what did you know about Jalen vean wh- wh- i'm i'm curious about this i haven't read. <laughs> i'm curious about it Vinh is a famous poem poet in vietnam um uh, who also, you know, um, I mean, he was famous uh, before 1940, uh, 1945, but after the communists uh, took over the North, he, he was uh, kind of, you know, a writer um, who served the communists uh, <laughs> very, very well. So um, w- 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 what is the like poem Like patriotic
0: about? poetry, he, he switched over yeah, to uh, kind of... To,
2: yeah, to sort of, you know, he's like a, um, a well-known... Um, but within the system of of the uh, you know the, the north yeah
1: so there's a really good family story mm. about the unofficial
0: scoop here at the, the unofficial
1: story of j long mm-hmm. um so before he became this is this is also second hand this is also sort of second hand memory in a way um so he was a romantic. he his early poems right. were quite romantic right? right sort of french symbolist yeah. kind of mode mm-hmm. um uh, before he became who he we we now know him as um and as uh, you know much more about him than i do um and i sort of encountered him through a family a uh, family story so that he one of the store one of the one of his famous early poems i think it's it's called swing spring um mm-hmm. uh, do you know this poem okay yeah you know okay, well um in the poem it's 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 called spring, but there's I think there's a line where I'm sort of translating it. He calls on fall or, mm-hmm. um all the leaves of fall. He calls upon all the leaves of fall to pretty much uh to, to kind of build a wall to block to block the coming spring. Um and there's a kind of subtext or this this sort of secret subtext to that apparently is that a reference to my grandmother's um arranged wedding in the spring, so this poet this poet um one of the family stories there's family myths is that um he and my maternal grandmother they they were sort of each other's or at least he was her first <laughs> love um and she and that poem is dedicated to her so anyways the the unofficial literary the the unofficial scoop literary history here is that um J. Long Vien became politicized not out of any real political commitment according to my grandmother but because of a broken heart <laughs> oh, whoa <laughs> um that is romantic um but so this is this is a poem that I, um, it's kind of like a, it's a, tr- I, I wrote after, after J. Longview, but it's, it's really a translation, um, of one of his poems. But I, this one is, um, I mean, the, because he wrote a lot of poems about the, uh, um, um,
2: the charm, the Cham charm, people, yeah, yeah. The ethnic charm, yeah, charm, yeah,
1: yeah. Should I read this? Sure, um, yeah. To a Skull, after Che Long V'ing. You belong to someone. In that dark theater of bone, do you still recall anything? What dreams are showing? Remember the killing fields? Ten thousand heads cropped. Or those nights your soul leapt through the great fires? On quiet afternoons, do you search for the trace elements? Would you recognize your soul if you bumped into it? I must be losing my mind. I just want to hold you until your blood stains stain me and infuse my sad little poems. To bite you, tear you to bits, swallow you, skull of my skull. And enjoy whatever remains, all these years blown apart. I like translating um, a poem like this or a poem by Howe because the styles are so different than my own writing. A little more stripped down, a little, uh, it it feels freer, a little... uh, um It'd
0: force you into new directions you wouldn't have gone. Yeah.
1: And I I can I sort of put on a I can sort of wear them or mm-hmm. zip into their language and their consciousness in a way that I find that's really freeing and sometimes will allow me to go back into my own poems or infuse my own poems with, with a bit of their mm. sort of psyche or style or sort of language. Um I, I, I swear I've probably stolen one or two lines from <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. <laughs> well, the good ones, you know, all my best lines belong to someone
0: else. So let me ask, uh, what are you talking about? A particular episode in the uh, the, the remember the Killing Fields? Um, well, this is J. Long vying's poem,
1: but I think right that that in terms of my own sort of language, um or word bank you know that that is something that resonated with me in terms of like the the Cambodian killing fields that was right like that's what image, springs the most so, yeah um so that might be a, a kind of anachronistic sort of translation but there's a kind of adaptation
0: or correlation there I, I suppose and um right maybe updating it with a with a reference that's that has that uh that bite that
2: be- because also Chelan, Lan um his his uh, first works uh, uh, early works uh, before nineteen nineteen forty five before the uh, the companies took over the north um were about the ethnic charm and the charm were were killed you know almost- el- eliminated by 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 the vietnamese um so he he, he his early works you know um lament about the death of the uh, people, the people of Cham. I'm not sure. I, although he's not really a Cham, eth, eth, um, Cham himself. But, I mean, he wrote about that. So I mean, I think there's some um, connection between the the killing of the. Was he from the,
0: like the Delta? Did he, did he see that like firsthand? I, I don't think wondering.
2: so. I mean, the Cham were, were were killed a long time ago, back in in the ni- early 19th century. So this is, he yeah. did, I think he didn't witness it. But I mean. Um, he could use it as, 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 as just as a, ve- a ve- vehicle to, you know, to talk about the past, to be romantic, you know, about death, and um, to, to talk about death and, and things like that. You know. But I mean, there's some connection between the killing of the Cham and maybe the killing of the um, the people um, in Cambodia or some sort like that. Yeah, right. Right.
1: Yeah, in terms of my my. My translation. I mean, translation is interpretation. So, in a way that you you were sort of interpreting my part part of my reading of um, the ethnic cleansing, mm. elimination of a population that the poem is 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 trying to account for, um, and to make in this translation, to make the connection between those two mm. historical.
0: So, what's it been like? You, think, you know, you, you described you had a very kind of Midwestern upbringing in kind of small town, small town America. What's it been like reacquainting with the Vietnamese language, uh, which, which, which was there in kind of comprehension, but learning it uh, better speaking and writing and maybe getting acquainted with the um, people like Hao and other, the, the, you know, who, who are, who write in uh, Vietnamese literature. Uh, has, that, has that changed your, your artistic sensibilities?
1: um well i should say that my my vietnamese is pretty horrible right now um but at the height of my powers <laughs> when i was translating Howell's poems and, and not relying on how so much um like any language it, it offers you an entirely different lens onto the world right and so there's just there's just that um as an academic or scholar interested in um The legacy of the Vietnam War gave me an entire a sort of a different access to um um literary traditions, writers who weren't being discussed or read, and I had to do some reading and then translation work, so it opened up uh, an entirely different kind of tradition or ar- archive of of writers um that were ignored or under underrepresented or um just not being circulated as much. Um, and as a poet, um, like the poem I just read, it gave me, um, just this way, this other more, another poetic tradition, uh, other ways of, of, uh, inhabiting poetry. Um, I mean, I, translating or reading Vietnamese poetry or, or, um, um, Hao's poems and, and some of some other people's poems in a way led me back to writing my, my own poems. Cause I was, a uh, doing a lot of, I was in a PhD program and really not writing my own poems, but sort of translating kept my, kept my hand warm a little bit, you know? Um, and the great thing about, um, having that, having, um, that language, to be able to read and translate. You, uh, as a poet, you know, there are these other poets who've already read, done the work of reading or writing good poems, and so you don't have to do that yourself.
0: Maybe we should uh, get at how and others we could translate back into Vietnamese uh, <laughs> as it as your stuff been translated in into Vietnamese
2: yeah well I mean I, I would love to do that I mean, I one of one of the things I would love to do is I would love to introduce the sort of say v- Vietnamese American writers to the readers um, in Vietnam I would love to do that. I would love to and I, I've been doing uh, you know I, I translated um, a collection of short story written by uh, Linden who, of course, you know, um, writes in English. So I, I and I, I, yeah, I got a collection of his um, short story translated into English. Although, uh, you know, the book is not officially um, allowed to circulate in in the country. But I mean, with the internet and with the personal connection, I think a lot of people have have read that uh, that book already. So I, I would love to in- introduce you know people like uh, Hai Dang Fang you know to uh, to the readers in Vietnam and I would love to do that. I mean I I think you know it that will I mean it it will show readers in Vietnam you know how say a, an American poet write you know um and and, and in, in in particular how in sort of so called Vietnamese American um poet write, what is his style what is his uh, um ideas what is you know his how the the background as a Vietnamese you know integrated into his his writing. I would I would love to do that.
0: Yeah, the birth of a birth of a new idea here.
1: <laughs> so when you talk about it it sounds almost anthropological. <laughs> like what is yes the, the right I don't know. I feel uncomfortable about that. But
2: well, no, you know, but also because in in Vietnam people uh I mean at least within the the circle of writers they always debate about the literature of the outside world. I mean, there's, there's always there's a always tendency of looking out, you know, and you know, they, they always debate what is um, um, contemporary poetry today, and now, uh, nowadays um, what is the so-called trendy or not trendy, whether postmodernism is still, um, you know, fashionable or not, things like that. And so it, it's also very good to provide, you know, examples of, of, um, of writings by by people in the West and and in your case it's it's not just it's not not just only an American writer but a Vietnamese American writer which I think people can um, easier relate to you know Mm -hmm. because of the 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 context of your your poems
0: I support this (laughs) (laughs) can you give us some suggestions of things that have been inspirational to you things you're like things you're looking at things you're reading that uh, our listeners should know about
1: no, I am writing at a really interesting moment. I think where there's there are more as I think my generation is coming of age, um um there's just more writer there's actually there's just more there's more writing out there, which is great. Um anyone from you know, Ocean Vuong to Kathy Lynche to Lynn, novelists, Viet Thanh um um Chan. so there's a lot of a uh, lot of writing different styles approaches so i think that's exciting and, and important um my own i don't know how i i i feel uncomfortable
2: mm. but um, i mean tha-
1: identifying right myself as a vietnamese american writer <laughs>
0: or <laughs> Because you feel like it, it's it's y- your your work spans different things than that would entail, or
1: w- no? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's the subject. A lot of the subject matter is similar.
2: No, I I do understand. It's a very complex and um, situation. I mean, a topic, but I mean. We, I think because also because of that is interesting. You know, it, it what makes you what you are as a poet. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I, I'm trying to write my own poems without internalizing this gaze of what a Vietnamese American writer mm. should write about or sound like. I do still want to write about the legacy of the Vietnam War and how that's sort of affected me, but um I want to, I want to, I, I'm trying to figure out how to do that on my own terms yeah, I mean, without.
2: Yeah, having a label. I mean, I, I absolutely understand that. It just, yeah.
0: Um, There's a, maybe a set of expectations on you that you don't necessarily want to have. You want to be able to write about what you want and how you want to write about it.
1: Yeah, as any, I think as any any yeah. artist or writer does, but um yeah it's so new it's so new and like i'm still trying to put this book together and like trying to get in that headspace where i'm not uh, the world like the world and twitter and facebook and all these sort of external things yeah. like but but
2: but i think that is the issue that eventually i don't know i don't know you will ho- you will not but eventually prob- we we'll probably you have to deal with i mean this and this happens not only with uh, Asian American writers, but with also like African American writers too. I mean, right? That's uh, always.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I know. But I'm. I I, f- I don't feel equipped. Right. I I kind of just want to figure <laughs> out how to write my my poems first, and then that will come, <coughs> and I'll.
0: I will deal with that. Sure. But sure. So what's what's coming <laughs> up next? Yeah, a uh, 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 a larger book project. Um. R- well,
1: a book, an actual book. I mean, I love I love this little, I love this little chapbook. It's like an object in the world, and it was um, made by some dear friends who run a micro press in Chicago. So it's nice to have. It's just nice to have this and give to friends. And um, but I'm I'm working on my first collection, full full length collection book 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 with a spine, um, and a lot of the a lot of the poems in the chapbook will be there. Um, I'm currently working on my poems are getting longer and longer. They're su- starting to stretch out. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm writing the same, different versions of the same poem, but then, but then adding new complications to them. Um, but I'm uh, working on a long, a long poem about my visit to the Vietnam Archive in Lubbock, Texas. Mm-hmm. So. And then after the first book, Poems, man. I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I'm I'm excited to write different kinds of yeah. different kinds of
2: poems. It looks like you, you're doing very well as a, uh, a poet, like, or what's called e- emerging poet. <laughs> I
1: I mean, emerging makes I it sound like I'm a swamp <laughs> thing, like emerging from. No, this I just want to ask you the like uh, primordial
0: muck. <laughs> Well, you, you called Bruce. him old. You called him old, so <laughs> no, generation. So he I'm could call old, you a virgin, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean, he he does very well. And I I have no doubt he will be a very successful poet. I'm just going to ask you about the perception of you know, the people in the literary circle. You know, your, your poem has it been very positive so far. What do you think? What do you think?
1: Um, I have a few really good readers and editors who um, my work like the poems have reached and i feel like that's um that's been enough mm-hmm. um to know that there are a few um readers out there but the for the the rest of it um i can spend too much emotional intellectual bandwidth wondering how 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 it's being perceived mm-hmm. and I have been in those moments where I'm like I let that happen too much and like I'm in I'm sort of at this moment where I need to safeguard, put up a firewall and sort of retreat and sort of focus on what's most important to me right now is the is this the writing part. And then the other stuff is inevitably going to come and like um and that can be really wonderful too, like mm-hmm. giving readings and meeting people. Um I've been doing that more and that's been nice. Like today was really great. Met some new readers and mm.
0: Well Hadang, thank you for joining us here at N. I. U.
1: Thanks, Eric. Good to see you wow.
2: Thank you. Yeah, good to see you too.
0: All right. We'll look
1: forward to seeing that book.
0: Southeast Asia Crossroads would like to thank Michael McSweeney for production assistance and Eric Jones for today's music. Thanks, guys.